0: Thank you for joining us today. We here at Let's Go are excited to be part of Kingdom Community TV. We trust that you will be blessed and maybe even a little bit surprised at what you're gonna see and hear on our show. So come on, let's go. Welcome to Let's Go, where you will hear about lives that have been transformed by the power of God. You'll see and hear real stories of real people going to real places far away, whose lives are changed as God uses them to impact the lives of others for His glory. Get ready to see people experience God's love and power. Let's go.
1: Welcome to Let's Go, I'm Darren Slack, your host, and today I've got with me the founder and president of Heart of Titus Ministries, Pastor Tony Nardella. Tony, how you doing? I'm doing good, Darren, good to be here. Well, it's great to be with you all again. And today we're going to be talking more about this idea of calling. I want to go deeper because I believe that there are things that the enemy does and our own flesh does to minimize and diminish the call of God in our lives to keep us from obeying God. What's the biggest thing you see happening to keep people from their fulfilling their calling God? I think that we
0: have a culture which does not permit people to think of themselves
1: as ministers unless they go through Bible school. Wow. So, there has to be uh, official or professional training before they're qualified.
0: Yes, and uh, that's exactly what we don't see in Scripture. Yeah, these are unschooled, unlearned men. Correct. So, and I don't believe that this is intentional. I believe that it's just kind of what happens. And there's also this idea that if I am going to serve God, then it has to be from a pulpit, whether it's in a church or I'm an evangelist and I go to other places and preach many times in a church there. I think that we need greater awareness that the scripture is pointing that everybody has a call, a gifting, something. It doesn't have to be a five-fold call. They don't have to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. They can be somebody with a healing gift. They can be somebody with an administration gift. Or they can be somebody with gifts that we haven't even thought of, um, or weren't even written in the scripture. I mean, the Holy Spirit is very creative and very diverse, uh, but God has something for everybody to do. So, the lack of awareness of that, I think, is what's hurting people.
1: So, what would you say is the common call on everyone? I mean, if I mean, because some people say, "Well, I don't have a call in my life." everybody has a call what do you think well everybody
0: has a call to serve the question is uh serve in what capacity and using what gifts you know my wife taught me uh out of exodus 3 and 4 when moses is standing before the lord in the burning bush and uh, god's calling him uh go rescue my people from egypt and of course he's looking at himself as a very humiliated shepherd for the last 40 years because the first 40 years he had all the riches of egypt And he basically uh, got exiled from there. And he's given God every excuse why he shouldn't serve. And, you know, Moses, you know, says, well, how am I going to do this? And God says, well, what do you have in your hand? And so he said, well, I got a staff. And God basically saying, I can use a staff. I can use a car. I can use whatever I want. As long as you feel comfortable with it, we'll use it. And of course, you know, the story, he, uh, Moses threw the staff down on the ground and became a snake. And, and then he picked it up again and it became a staff. And these was that was just an example of the type of miraculous signs that God wanted to do, do through Moses in order to set the people free. But he had to have a place to start and a place to start is what do you got in your hand right now?
1: I think that's where a lot of people are at is they are so quick to diminish through career circumstance family financial situation that they excuse themselves and they assume God understands so i mean isn't there a fear of god that should be present in here as well well yeah we will be held accountable
0: and i you know I, I do believe that once we overcome the cultural inertia in many churches today that that suggests that regular people don't really need to do anything or have a calling uh, thats just a select few. Once we overcome that, we have to really grapple with who we are. You know, we are sons of God uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. But that doesn't mean that we have the right to control our own existence. I am a king's kid, but that means I'm the kid of the king. And the king has to determine, has the right to determine what I do. You know, when we pray and when Jesus taught us to pray, he, He says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's a greeting acknowledging his greatness. And and the first thing he tells us to pray is thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It doesn't say that we should pray my kingdom come and my will be done. (laughs) You know, it's it's an initial surrender. And that is so not in much in vogue these days. Um, I was bought with a price, with the precious blood of Jesus. That means I am not my own. And so if He is calling me to do something, it doesn't matter if I agree with it. It doesn't matter if um, my family agrees with it or my friends agree with it. And the only thing that matters is
1: my obedience to what God has called me to do. Wow, that's, that's challenging, especially if we sense God calling us to do something that maybe a few people don't agree with. I mean, even people we may respect. Um, now, we have to obviously look at why they don't agree with it. I mean, maybe there's something in our character that not what it needs to be, or, you know, we have a time issue that may need to be considered. But there really is a test here of whether we're going to do God's will or whether we're going to have a fear of man. Well, we talk about the call of God, and then
0: there's the commission. So I received the call before I got my commission, but I misinterpreted the call as the commission as well. And so what I did was I moved out too quickly. I was moving in the flesh. I didn't have the support of anybody around me. And it caused a lot of trouble in my life. On the other hand, there's the other problem where, you know, I've been hurt or I'm too busy or whatever. And so even though we've received both the call and the commission, we don't go anywhere and we don't do anything. Or as you were suggesting, maybe there's a family member Uh, who says that, you know, that's really not a good idea, or even, God forbid, your church leadership doesn't agree with it. Uh, I think we have to be very careful that we do not act in rebellion against our church leaders. But when the, the religious leaders of the day told Peter and the apostles that they couldn't preach in the name of Jesus, he said, you know, judge for yourselves whether it's right for us to obey God or man. And so this fear of man in so many of us trumps the fear of God. But we have to put God in His rightful place as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords over our lives, and we have to submit. The day I got saved, I don't know why I said this, but when I realized that Jesus is not just the Son of God, but He's God, I looked to heaven and I said, well, then you're God and I'm not, and I got to obey you. That's end of story. And frankly, that's discipleship 101. You You cannot be a disciple, Jesus says, unless you deny yourself Pick up your cross and follow him, and follow him in a life of self-sacrifice. Um, and unfortunately, I think many of us, uh, especially with what's being taught in many churches today, you know, we don't think much about the fear of God. It's not popular to teach those things, and and so as a result, yeah, you know, we see less obedience. And when God calls, He expects us to obey. Uh, that's uh, but you know we see it in the parable of the uh, the four soils, the you know, parable of the sower in Matthew 13, that there's some seed that's, you know, which is the word of God, which is sown by, you know, the Lord into our lives. And some of it gets plucked up right away by Satan. You know, we don't even get a chance to receive it. Some gets received and with joy even, but, uh, you know, when it's not, it doesn't have much root. So people don't, uh, you know, they don't really allow the word to take root. They hear the word that says, hey, I've called you to the nations, or I've called you to pastor, or I've called you to be a worker in the nursery at church. And people, um, but it doesn't really settle in and then, you know, when trouble comes or whatever, That people forget they even have the word. Uh, the most common one, I think, is the dirt soil, and that is, you know, the worries of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things. Uh, Jesus analogizes that to weeds which choke the word and make it unfruitful. And so what Jesus is looking for here is the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of obedience in our lives. And many people uh, just haven't been taught that way. They've, you know, they're still so accustomed to being in, you know, the fifth row from the back or whatever, that uh, they don't actually see themselves as God's um, ambassadors, God's
1: people to carry out his purposes on this planet. Yeah. that's so good. I think that people, by and large, may have a sense of God calling them to something. But for one of the reasons that you've given or maybe they feel like they have to be asked, maybe they just need feel like they need permission, even though they have a call and maybe a commission, they feel like I'm submitted to my leaders. I don't want to put myself out there. I don't want to do too much. And they're looking for permission, aren't they? I mean, isn't there some of that? Yes, I remember
0: as a young man. In the church, uh, we had started ministering uh, to we're out on the street on Friday nights and Saturday nights where a bunch of teenagers were hanging out, and so I wasn't too much older than them. And there was a team of us that was going out there witnessing regularly. And at some point, we almost felt like we were orphans, mm. and so we decided we were going to go to our church leadership and we were going to ask them. Um, just to kind of cover us. I mean, we didn't even know what we were asking, but we went to them and they, you know, gave us the right hand of fellowship. And what you're doing is good. They even sent some of the church leaders out with us from time to time, and they supported us, even though what we were doing was not something that happened in the four walls of the church. And I think it's great when church leaders understand that most ministry that God wants to have happen doesn't happen at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. He wants it to happen outside of the four walls of the church, reaching our neighbors, reaching real people, people who would never darken the door of a church. And that's what the Great Commission says. It says to
1: go and make disciples. It doesn't say stay and wait for them to come to you. Wow, that's so true. So we have this call. We sense God's given us something to do. And for whatever reason, we're not doing it. I think a lot of people will make excuses based on maybe their spouse didn't agree with their call. Maybe their leaders didn't buy in and and they use that as kind of, you know, I buried my gift. I buried my talent because there was nobody there to, you know, encourage me or somebody critical kind of shut me down. What do you say to people like that? Wow, that just opens
0: all kinds of lines (laughs) of inquiry, Darren. But, you know, you have a gift as a prophet and we know from the scripture that we need prophets to edify comfort and encourage we need encouragement because most people are scared to death of what god has called them to do right. and they're they're scared of actually doing it they're scared of offending their pastor or church leaders they're 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 scared of uh, falling out of favor with friends and family and we need to encourage them whether we're prophets or not Uh, It's finding that intestinal fortitude to say, you know, this is something that God has called me to do. I'm going to test it out. And then if it's really him, I'm going to I'm going to go out and do it.
1: Okay, you're saying testing it out like I got to take a risk,
0: right? Yes, we need to take a risk. Faith. There is no faith without risk. We walk by faith and not by sight. You know, you don't understand what that's saying, right? We're supposed to walk with our hands over our eyes trusting that the God who's leading us
1: is not going to allow us fall to fall into a ditch. Well, that's a lot to ask, especially if someone is not as strong in their faith maybe as others, and don't have a close relationship with the Lord. What would you say to somebody like that to cultivate that deeper relationship with Him to be able to respond with that kind of bravery?
0: Well, you know, read your scripture. Uh, Jesus says, don't fear Him who can kill the body And after that, do no more, but fear him who can kill the body and soul and throw them both into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. I mean, these are Jesus' words, and I know this is not necessarily comfortable to hear, but we do have to give account to God. As you were suggesting earlier about the parable of the talents, uh, with the the man who buried his talent and he tried to blame it on his Lord. Well, I know that you're a hard man and you reap what you don't sow and so forth, but the Lord in that parable called him out as wicked and lazy, and we have to look inside and say, is there a part of me that's so wicked, I really just don't want to do what God's calling me to do? Do I have, to? you know, can I look inside and be honest with myself and say, maybe I'm just lazy. Maybe I, you know, I've, I got this call to go evangelize in this, you know, the neighborhood down the street, but uh, I really don't want to, I'd really rather watch the football game and, you know, being honest with ourselves and then asking God to help us overcome these temptations and get victory over these sins is is really just part of the walk with Jesus. That's part of how salvation plays out. Uh, So yes, uh, I I think that uh, that is part of what I would tell anybody who's struggling with whether they
1: should take that risk that step of faith and follow the Lord. Okay, so we've got this issue of personal struggle of overcoming sin overcoming failure but we're going to take a break right now and i want you to think about this question over the break what does a person do if they've stepped out before and they tried and they made an effort and they they got their heart broken somebody stepped on them something happened that shut them down what do they do then? we're going to talk about that in just a moment we'll be right back
0: Today I want to investigate what the Word says about doing things that make no sense to the natural person. Let's take a look, for example, at Hebrews 11. There we will see a whole list of people from the Bible who did things that just seemed absolutely crazy. For example, in verse 7 it talks about Noah, who built a boat on dry land and nowhere near water. He invested his entire fortune in building that boat because he believed what God told him, that God was going to destroy the whole earth with water, but that Noah and his family would be spared if he obeyed and built that boat to save them. Then it talks about Abraham. He left his family, his friends, his religion, everything familiar to him, to go to a place he had never seen, He had not seen any photos. He had not seen any videos. He just had the promise of God that if he went to that place, that he would be blessed. Abraham saw something that could not be seen with natural eyes. In verse 10 of Hebrews 11, it says, For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Abraham saw a city that didn't yet exist in the natural but he knew it was coming because God had promised it. Hebrews 11 starts with this verse. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Real faith is being sure that what God says is true, even if you can't see it and it makes no sense. The Apostle Paul said, For we walk by faith, not by sight. When we go into the mission field, Half the time, we don't know what we're in for, but we know that our faith gives us the energy to take those risks so that God's glory can be spread through the entire earth. Let God's Word encourage you today to reach out and bless someone with the gifts and the passion that you have. Even if you can't see it, even if it makes no sense to you, step out of what God has told you. You will see greater fruit and greater results than you can imagine. Hello, my friends. I want to let you know about an exciting opportunity we're making available to you. As you know, here at Let's Go, we are all about God using ordinary people to do extraordinary things for His glory. We believe so strongly that God has a plan and a purpose for every person who believes in Jesus, that we're offering a way to interact with you and help you fulfill your potential in Christ. That's right, the scripture teaches us that the Holy Spirit has been poured out on everyone, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit have been distributed to every believer. Many of you who are watching really want to be used by God. You have his fire burning in you, but many of you have so many questions and a few doubts and fears too. Everything we have done on this show has been to motivate and encourage you to overcome these fears and to find out what are your gifts, calling, and purpose so that you can be fruitful and effective your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's what we're going to do. We will be starting a series of monthly video conferences where we will encourage you, pray for you, and answer your questions. Our goal is to build your confidence that you really are a son or a daughter of God and that you have meaning and purpose in this life. We want to help you on your road to being discipled so that you will be an even greater blessing to others. We may even ask some of you to come with us on one of our mission trips. But the most important thing is that we help you overcome the obstacles to your service to the King, wherever He calls you, and we believe these conferences will help get you there. Visit our website on the bottom of the screen for the time, the date, and the link for our next conference. We look forward to seeing you there.
1: Before the break, I asked Pastor Tony if he would think about the idea of someone who feels called, has tried, stepped out, but they got their heart broken. Something happened that they didn't count on that led to real pain. What do you say to someone like that? Well, I, like I say, I've been there. Um, and it makes me think of the words of Jesus
0: to the apostles when He sent them out for the first time in Matthew 10. Um, he says, you know, if uh, they don't receive you, and in my words, I'm not quoting here directly, but you know, if they, if you're rejected in one place, go to another, I tell you, you will not finish going through all the towns of Israel, um, before I come back. And so the idea there is wipe the dust off your feet. If somebody rejects you because if they're rejecting you, they're rejecting the Lord. If you are not, you know, making a mess of things yourself. Right. But if you're really using your gift as the Lord called you to do it and you're rejected, uh, dust it off, Wipe the dust off your feet and just go on to the next place. It's hard, uh, but I promise you that when people speak against you or won't accept you because you're connected with Jesus and you're being his ambassador, uh, that Jesus himself will be with you and the rewards will be awesome
1: and the healing will be great. What if it's closer to home? A spouse who doesn't agree with your calling, a leader who stepped on you, and now you're locked down and you don't feel like you can go anywhere. What What do you do then? I've uh, been there too. Um,
0: you know, with the spouse, um, you gotta pray, and you gotta make sure you're crying out to heaven, and you're praying and you're fasting, Lord, help, help me get in one spirit with my spouse. Um, it'll happen. It may take a while, but it will happen. Um, if you're in a, You know, I was in a situation once with the church where um, I politely asked about using my gifts. They said, sure, we'll look into that. And time went by and inquired with the church leadership again. And eventually they said, well, you know, there's really no place for what you do here, Tony. And so I said, "Okay." And so after praying and hearing from the Lord, I I said, well, you know, we're going to have to find another church because I have to account to God one day for my gifts and the gifts of people in my family and I cannot stand before the Lord and say that my pastor wouldn't let me. Um, or I could ask that leader, church leadership's position, uh, permission to do it outside the four walls of the church. Depends on what your gift is and what your calling is. But you know when God gives us a call, his gift and his call are without repentance. They're irrevocable. So if another human being does not recognize that call, no matter how gifted they are, um, and you're sure this is your gift and your call, then you have to go find another avenue to express yourself.
1: So really what you're talking about, and this is a term that I'll use, is a humble audacity. In other words, I need to be humble in submission and seeking searching out what God wants, but I gotta have the audacity to take the risk and keep reaching into what God has for me.
0: Well, you know, look at Jesus. You know, Matthew 16, he's asking the disciples, who do men say that I am? And they come up with all kinds of answers. But G- but Peter gets it right and he says, You're the Christ, you're the Son of the Living God. And then Jesus, you know, just over with seemed like with overwhelming joy, shares with him that you know, he reveals the church, and that the church is going to be built on this rock of revelation, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, which you loose on earth will be loose. So all this great joy, but then to Bring them down a notch, he says, but you know, the Son of Man is going to have to suffer at the hands of the chief priests and scribes, and on the third day, you know, he'll rise, you know. And, and Peter says, Oh no, Lord, this will never happen to you. So here's Peter, Jesus's number one guy, right? His closest friend, I suppose. And Jesus had to look at him and say, Get thee behind me, Satan. He calls his best friend, calls his, his lead disciple Satan. That's how intentional Jesus was that he was not going to be moved off the road that the the Lord had called him to live. And that's when he gets into some some of his greatest teachings on discipleship. And if you try to save your life you're going to lose it. If you lose your life for my sake you'll find it. Um, I mean this is heavy stuff but the way the way God wants us to go will never be without resistance. There will always be issues. There will always be heartache. And Jesus himself, when he was almost killed in his hometown, when he revealed who he was by reciting uh, in Luke 4, he recited Isaiah 61 about, Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor and so forth, that they ended up despising him because he was the carpenter's son and they tried to throw him off the cliff. And then he leaves there and he goes to another town, I believe of the Samaritans, and they loved him so much they wanted him to stay. So first he gets outright rejected, then he gets outright approved and you know his heart was tender from the rejection and man, I could really do a little approval thing here. But he said, no, I can't stay, God God has called me to all the lost sheep of Israel. And so Jesus was just so focused on his mission that he, he, he had to do battle with and overcome his own emotions in that
1: regard. So we're talking about this idea of obeying God in spite of what things outwardly may not be perfectly supportive of what we're trying to do, and we go anyway. Um, Jesus demonstrating on multiple occasions his setting his face like a flint to obey the voice of God. He was not going to be stopped from his call. You know, as believers, sometimes we want everybody to agree with us that, that, you know, we want everybody to support us, and that's not going to happen, is it? I mean, we just—we really may have to just not go it alone per se, but we may have to take take the risk of proving what God's called us to do by stepping out, and may not have everybody backing us.
0: No, that that is so true. Now, I do want to encourage anybody who's uh, watching or listening that the concept of ordination is actually pretty valid and biblical. The idea that others, especially those over you or with more maturity in the faith, would recognize the grace that God's put in you. And that's what I experienced in my ordination. There was tons of people all around me that knew me, knew my life, and they all were in agreement that, yep, Tony's got this call. Uh, but once you get that, like Jesus got at the baptism, but with John and you know in the wilderness, uh, this is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. Jesus got all the affirmation he needed from his father uh, with John the Baptist, I guess, kind of cheering him on. And then immediately he got into temptation in the wilderness with uh, Satan tempting him and all that. And and so, you know, all the, the temptations of the world and all that came in Jesus. And he just remembered that he was called by his father and that his father was pleased with him. And I think ultimately each one of us um, although we are a church and we are to work together and we preach that all the time, our calls are individual and we have received a call. And if we are tight with our Heavenly Father, if we, if we hear Him say, hey, I'm pleased with you moving in this way, then nothing else really matters. And we have, to, we have to shake off the other stuff and God will heal us. He promised me that one time that if I obeyed Him and did what He was asking me to do, um, that even if I got hurt again in that process, that He would patch me up and heal my heart. Wow. And that was huge for me because I was really wounded. But you know, God God is so faithful to us. He is not sending us out without His covering and His love.
1: Well, thank you for saying yes to the Father, continuing in your own life. And thank you for the example you give. Not only that, the insights you've given today. I understand that our callings are not optional. They are critical to our understanding of who the Father is. and. If you're watching today, I want you to understand, we are not seeking to condemn or to discourage anyone because of maybe failures or sin you may have in your life. It's time to repent, confess your sins to someone else and be, be free of that thing. If you've been broken, if you've been hurt, you've been stepped on, let's forgive, let's move past whatever it is that's keeping us from obeying the voice of the Lord. And let's do what Pastor Tony said, let's step in with courage and audacity into our calling just like Jesus did, and we want to help with that. We have resources on our website. If you look in the lower third of the screen, you'll see our website there, heartoftitus.org or letsgotv.tv, where you can go and you can learn about articles and insights we have to help you grow in your faith. We have our YouTube channel there for you to be able to catch previous episodes of Let's Go, and they're all there for you to review to be encouraged in your faith. We also have a monthly newsletter if you want to sign up for that. We would just love to tell you about what we're doing in our ministry and at the same time encourage you to pray about if whether or not God may be tapping you to help us financially to continue to provide ministry like this to hearts like yours. So thank you so much for being with us today. We'll see you on the next episode of Let's Go.